the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Friday, October 30th, 2020. This is interesting, I think. Peggy Noonan writes in the Wall Street Journal, quote, Of the two presidential candidates, Joe Biden is more normal, and God knows that has appeal. But normal isn't normalcy. We'll never return to political normalcy again. We won't wake up November 4th and say, wow, things are sturdy and placid again like they should be. We're in an age of drama and extremes, she continues. There are too many ways to avoid the problems of being alive and the problems of your life through politics now. The political tribe is the only family a lot of people have, the only religion they have too. And as government has taken up more space in our lives, a weird attentiveness has come to feel not like neurosis, but like necessity, close quote. I call this the parallax view. A parallax view is a viewed perspective caused by a change in the observer's line of sight towards a steady or stationary object. In other words, an object seems to change its size or place based not on movement of itself, but on the movement of the viewer. Peggy Noonan, of course, was one of the celebrated speechwriters for President Ronald Reagan. What's interesting to me is how much of a break with tradition, one might even say normalcy, Ronald Reagan himself was. He was condemned as not smart. He was condemned as too, as too far right wing. He was condemned as a dangerous saber rattler. He was condemned for having simplistic and harmful economic policies. He was challenged by the mainstream of the Republican Party his whole career and challenged it back in return. He didn't side with the, the traditional part of the party, the Rockefellers and Romneys and Fords and Bushes. He ran against them. He ran against them in the Republican primary for governor in 1996. He stood against them in his campaign for Barry Goldwater two years prior. He ran against a sitting incumbent Republican president in 1976. And, of course, in 1980, he ran against the likes of George H.W. Bush, Bob Dole, and Howard Baker. His coalition of Catholic Democrats and Protestant evangelicals was new and the cause of great worry. And he created, by dint of his efforts, policies and speeches, not only a challenge to the Republican Party, the party he challenged and beat, but something like an elite consensus about what policies should be deployed in defense, international relations, and domestic policy. He took a wounded nation from the upheaval of the 1960s and 1970s and salved those wounds. George Will wrote of his presidency, he was the steadying captain of our clipper ship. He calmed the passengers and the sea. So to, the, so to heck with getting used to failure or getting used to decadence or getting used to stagnation or getting used to mediocrity or getting used to a sweeping cultural leftism and thinking it's just normal. That's what Donald Trump brought to the presidency, not getting used to that anymore, to heck with all of that. And he took on institutions we never took on before, institutions we weren't supposed to take on because they were in charge, don't you know? 
or thought they were and told us they were. I'm talking first about the major media, and I'm talking about institutions of higher education and, of course, elementary and secondary schools, too. I'm talking about individuals, movements, and institutions dedicated to race talk, racialism, and race hucksterism. The Bushes and McCains would never take any of these or this on. Romney did one worse and caved to, genuflected before it all. Whether Ronald Reagan created a new normal or just looked at the normal and said, enough, I don't know. But America rewarded his work, his effort, his accomplishments. They re-elected him and they continue to honor and esteem him. It's hard to recall with all the praise he now summons how challenged and criticized he was on the way to getting there. What Donald Trump has taken on is the same as what Reagan took on, what we took and resigned ourselves to getting used to, a certain state of play, a certain expected case of things. But what Reagan and Trump have both shown is that such commonplaces, loosely summed up as liberal leftist dominance everywhere, they don't have to be accepted and are in fact not healthy for us, our children, or other living things if I can borrow from a once popular bumper sticker. None of it is healthy, but it is amazingly settled wisdom, commonplace. What is the none of it I'm speaking of? That we should not protect our borders. That while we can't seem to get right with our veterans or others in poverty here, we should give illegal immigrants free health care and education, but also don't call them illegal, call them something else, perhaps undocumented, to make it more tolerable. Eliminating private health insurance, all private health insurance, over several trillion dollars in industry affecting a vast majority of Americans. That the second most popular Democrat running for president and the most popular with our youth is an avowed socialist and that avowed socialists sit in Congress and receive the countenance and promotion of glossy and elite publications. That there is no flinching much less pause or moral pain over an abortion regime that permits the practice up to and until, and in some cases even after a child is born. That using race, only certain races, to convey governmental benefits, and requiring the same of private institutions, from education to industry, hiring and promotions, is of course not only permissible but actually just. That making currently illegal and dangerous drugs legal and more accessible is not only considered criminal reform, but healthy. That supporting those who kneel rather than stand for the national anthem as the true patriots. That invoking, using, and sharing the stage with Louis Farrakhan is just fine and dandy. That making up sexual assault claims about nominees to the Supreme Court to prevent them from being put on the court is now just what to expect, because that is the truly just thing to do. That doing business with and helping cover up civilizational abuse in countries that practice it is just good business and good international relations is indeed the road to peace. That censorship of the very views just stated above is of course appropriate. But challenging all those things, that's what disturbs what Peggy Noonan calls sturdiness and placidity. I suppose in a certain sense, yes. Treating a disease requires disturbing things. If surgery, you have to cut. If by prescription drugs, you have to fight an ailment or bacteria or virus and you'll stir things up. But ill health is no more to be seen as placid and sturdy for a body as it is for a body politic. 
neuroses is not normalcy. Those are the things Ronald Reagan challenged. Those are the things Donald Trump challenged. What Reagan did not do by opposing our ills was reestablish a new normal or a new common. And I don't know if Donald Trump can either. Perhaps the best we can hope for is remission from ills of our body politic. But maybe not a permanent remission. But to confuse all I said above is the stability and placidity of a society is not a good thing, but as I say, a confusion, a parallax view. Peggy Noonan is right about one part of her analysis, though. The political tribe is the only family a lot of people have, the only religion, the only religion they have as well. This is not a good thing either, and it's particularly true on the left because they cling to the views above as if it is truth on high, moral and political and cultural certainty and right thinking. And the challenge to that church is the challenge of apostasy, to be treated just as such. I think C.S. Lewis had it right, though, when he wrote, quote, A sick society must think much about politics, as a sick man must think about his digestion. To ignore the subject may be fatal cowardice, for the one is for the other, but if either comes to regard it as the natural food of the mind, if either forgets that we think of things like this only in order to be able to think of something else, then what was undertaken for the sake of health has become itself a new and deadly disease. Close quote. But the irony is when you stop and think about what will finally make the left happy, what will satiate its appetite. When you look at all they have and all they have taken, you marvel that there is any appetite still left. Unless, of course, you see a remnant of a challenge to it. And that is what conservatism has become and should be. That is what Donald Trump is. That was what Ronald Reagan was. A challenge to the left like none other in a president or a presidential candidate. And the movements they created were not deviations from what should be normal. They were calls to challenge what was abnormal. Opposing the things I said above should be common sense, should be the normal. Giving up that fight and reinstitutionalizing them or strengthening them should not be. It puts me in mind of an important and perhaps lost concept. The concept is called truth to power, telling truth to power. A lot of us have heard it. It's become corrupted, though. It doesn't mean we should just challenge any and all power. It means by, by its very predicate that we should challenge power based on lies and falsity. And thus we return to the scientist, the truth teller from Chernobyl, who asked, what is the cost of lies? It's not that we'll mistake them for the truth. The real danger that if we hear enough lies, then we no longer recognize the truth of all. Some of us get it. Some of us don't. And the election next week will reveal which side gets it and doesn't, and which side is stronger. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. It's a delight to bring back to our airwaves Mercedes Schlapp, Senior Advisor to the Trump re-election campaign. Mercedes, how are you? Hey, it's great to be on. Thank you for having me. You betcha. How are you feeling? How are things looking? Uh, well, I just got back from a three-state swing with Ivanka Trump. We were in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. And I got to tell you, I mean, the energy is strong. The enthusiasm is strong for this president. 
Um, you know, I, what I keep running into is a lot of these first-time voters who didn't vote in 2016 but feel very strongly that they need to go out and vote this time because they know what's at stake. They know that Joe Biden is weak and uh, and also just way too far attached to the far left. And when you're talking about issues like court packing, uh, which he uh, keeps changing his position on, but his far left friends are saying, We're, we want to immediately pack the court. Uh, you know, when you're talking about the fact that uh, we see Joe Biden with his corruption and his pay-to-play corruption scheme with his son Hunter Biden that's not necessarily being covered by the press. And then when you're seeing Joe Biden, which his economic policies would destroy millions of jobs and make us less energy independent, meaning making making us energy dependent. Look, I just think that there are doom and gloom in the Joe Biden campaign. And we in the Trump campaign, we're about America and we're optimistic and hopeful that we're going to combat coronavirus and continue to build a strong economy. Yeah, he. I'm with you on that, Mercedes. He keeps talking about a dark winter. It, it, it is not an optimistic outlook you get from the Democrats. I wanted to go back to the first thing you said, if, if we could, for just a second. You were talking about first-time registered voters signing up so that they could vote for Trump. You know, I've been following a lot of conversations online about, aside from the weird small Lincoln group, uh, Lincoln Project, I, I don't know. I put out the call uh, and the question many, many times. I don't know anyone who voted for Trump in 2016 that is not planning to vote for him again. I know an awful lot of people who didn't vote for him in 2016 who are. I just don't think it goes the other way. Do you? No, I, I got to tell you, I just don't. Uh, our enthusiasm, enthusiasm advantage is like three to one, if not Little. four to one. Yeah. I mean, it's truly something like I've never seen. And the difference between what we have now versus what we had in 2016 is we had a very we didn't have a very strong ground game infrastructure. This time around, we've got over 2.5 million volunteers in targeted states. We're, we've made over 150 million voter contacts. And it's, uh, you know, you see these numbers and we've done so well with voter registration uh, that we're and we're really closing the gap, even with absentee ballots. We know a lot of these Democrats are voting through the mail. Uh, we're really catching up and really you're going to see so many of our voters coming out um, on Election Day. So I've got to tell you, I feel like the momentum is on our side. I feel like the wind's behind our back and we're going to be able to uh, just get to the end here uh, with a victory. I do, too. Uh, you know, there are certain campaigns we've been through, probably you. I, I know I have probably you as well. And you just kind of know in the last days they're probably, you know, there's just it's not going to be a victory. Uh, you and I can think back probably through, through some over the past decade or even in the 90s. That, that feeling is not here right now. It is a good feeling right now. It looks good. It, it is. feels good. Look, if you I'm telling you, if you'd be sitting with me right now and the swampy area of Washington, D.C., you'd be like, oh, my goodness, how are we going to pull this off? And then yeah, when sure. you're traveling across the country, uh, you know, I was in Florida earlier this week. I can't even keep track of all the states I'm in. I but, know. like, I'll tell you something. It's like it's real. And and the, and the and what you find are these individuals who have never been in politics before, yep. who are volunteering, who are becoming poll watchers, who are, you know, doing get-out-the-vote efforts, making phone calls because they believe in this president. They believe in the movement. They believe in saving America. They That's know what's at stake. They know That's that it. their freedoms are at stake. When you have big social media companies basically silencing you left to right because there's a bunch of leftists in cahoots with mainstream media and the Democrats, that is a huge problem. That's stuff that you see in China, not here in America. 
And so I think that there's this real clear, um, really clear vision of where President Trump wants to take this country. And it's that of a stronger and safer country. That's a polar opposite of what Joe Biden can give us. He's been a career politician forever. He's been an insider. He has nothing to show for. This is opposite to the president who's been an outsider for a very long time and someone who really like breaks the China, uh, you know, in D.C. He understands that he's got to, uh, you know, push a lot to get the big trade deals that he's been able to achieve, been able to push through economic policies like tax reform, which we know has led to job creation. We just saw the GDP with a record 33 percent growth. That is significant. And so that's what we want to keep pushing out and, and talking about. We have a great message and uh, and I know that Joe Biden, you know, look, he's doing these drive in rallies with a bunch of beeping sounds. I mean, you can barely he sounds like an angry, you know, he's like an angry old man just yes, yelling all the time. It no. just doesn't work. It just no. doesn't work. People don't think he has the stamina uh, to be our president. And we know at the end of the day, it would be more of a Kamala Biden presidency than it would ever be a Biden Harris presidency. Right. And I think at some of these rallies, as I've noted, there's more Trump supporters showing up than Biden supporters. I have a woman on hold I'm going to bring on in the next segment. She's called before uh, Kristen, who has helped organize, you know, these spontaneous rallies. They're not affiliated with the campaign. They're not I affiliated. Love those. With, uh, they're yeah. amazing. It's amazing. It's the boat parades. It's the caravans. Yeah. We see them across the country. Campaign doesn't even organize them. These are right. real patriotic, loving Americans who. Yep. Are, want to send a message out that they're going to be silent no more. It just tells you something when that's going on on the one hand, there is nothing like that on the other side, nothing at all like that. And it's, it's, no, it's, there's it's maybe a good a feeling. I don't, and, and a yeah. golf cart. That's about yeah, it. exactly. I, 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 I'm telling people, you know, be intellectually optimistic, but act like we're not there yet. Act, don't act optimistic. Act like we're down. That's right. That's but right. Uh, intellectually be supportive. And I think those rallies are so important, by the way, so that other people can see they're not alone. I just, I think it's a great, era i was thinking about the show today and coming into it and i'm excited about it um because i'm excited about tuesday quite frankly yeah well let's um we got to pray we got to make sure we have a program out there that's called uh uh they're believers in ballots we got to make sure our people out there our church going folks get out and pray as well and uh and i'm sure we got president trump reelected. pray march and vote mercedes you're great thank Thank you you very much have a great weekend thanks so much Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, 602 Do we have the aforementioned Kristen on the line? Yes, yes, you do. How are Hello. you, Kristen? Tell me what's going on. Well, thank you for trying to give me credit, first of all. It's a young lady. She's only 23. Her name is Millie. We spoke about her before. And of course. She won't come on the radio. <laughs> That's okay. So, anyway, Let's keep her busy. We want to keep her busy. That's okay. <laughs> yes. Over the last two months, she's managed to gather so many people, and she had over 10 locations going uh, throughout the week. But this Friday, right now, we are gathering in five locations at once. The push is on. So if someone could please jot down our locations, I would love it if you could announce it one more time. We're all gathering in five locations. All right, I got my pen. Give me the corners. At 430, the corner of in Gilbert. Baseline and Gilbert. Okay. In Scottsdale, Alma School Road, and Dynamite. Okay. 
in Phoenix, Bell and Tatum. All right. Also in Phoenix, Carefree Highway and Cave Creek Road. Okay. And also in Phoenix, Carefree Highway and I-17. Fantastic. We're going to have to play Carefree Highway going out. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to mention, yes, I wanted to mention last week, uh, Laura Trump was in town and yep. she stopped to thank some of the people. I saw and that. I saw pictures. All, yeah. Okay. Tomorrow evening at 4 p.m., she wants to gather every single person who has participated in all these rallies in one location at Tatum and Shea at 4 p.m. on Saturday. Tatum We'd love Shea. to have a thousand people. Great. Great. Tatum. One and last Shea. thing. You were talking yeah. with Mercedes Slaff about praying for our president. Yeah. Um, you're probably aware of on Sunday, the Center for Arizona Policy is going to have a prayer and worship rally Great. this Sunday, 3 to 5 p.m., downtown at 1700 West Washington by the Arizona State House of Representatives out on the lawn. They said bring family, bring blankets, bring lawn chairs, and we're going to pray for our president and our state and our nation. It's fabulous. Now, just take a step back, Kristen, from everything you told me about the rally in Gilbert and Scottsdale, the three rallies uh, in Phoenix, Saturday's rally that Laura Trump had called for, and then what you're talking about on Sunday with uh, 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 Center for Arizona Policy. Just take a step back and think about that energy and that commitment and that power, actual power that's going on here. This this is incredible. It's unheard of. It's new, in other words. And yes, it's, absolutely. It, and it's inspiring and it gives me great hope and great optimism. I, I didn't so need. Many... I didn't frankly need it because I've been saying for a long time. I think we're <laughs> we're going to win. I didn't need it. Yeah. But it's we nice to so see. It's nice people. to see a few signs once in a yeah. while. Yeah. We have young people. We have Latinos. We have Black people. We have right. Asians. We have just. We have everyone. Some people are voting for the first time, and I'd also like to mention that it is so historical. Yeah. I took my grand, my 10-year-old grandson to see President Trump in Goodyear, and I said, you need to go. Yeah. This will never happen again. Mm-hmm. Every All the grassroots action is just incredible. All the car rallies special. and yeah. the, everything, it will never happen again. Well, it's special. And it's everyone is so enthusiastic, yes. Yeah, it's, it's special. It's a love story, and it's about saving the country. And, uh, you know, God bless. Yes. You, you, you wonder we love where... our president. You you wonder thank you you wonder where um where America is how America's doing that's where America is that's how America's yeah. doing it's at baseline Absolutely. it's at uh, Alma School Road it's at Bell and Tatum it's at the Carefree Highway it's really magnificent it's everywhere it's on the lawns it's on Saturdays at four that sort of thing it's just great it's just great Kristen thank you keep it up. Thank you, Brad Paisley. We should do a Brad Paisley Day, Bill, some Friday. Not today, but uh, some Friday. We, 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 his stuff is so good. It's just so good. 
Um, where am I going to next? I think it's uh, time for Sandy in Peoria. Hi, Sandy. Hey, Seth. How are you, hon? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, hanging in there. I just want to say um, I have two things. Recently, I was um, I have had two accounts with, uh, what do you call it, uh, you know, YouTube. And, uh, you know, YouTube is attached to Google, okay? Well, apparently, um, the first account that I use, I use it to debate. And uh, quite honestly, it's not my information. I don't put information on there. I just leave it, make up a name, and that's it. Uh, my real account, I keep private, and, and I deal with it in a civil manner, let's just say. Okay. Um, well, apparently, I've been doing well for years. I've had both accounts. I've never had a problem. The minute the minute um, I make a comment in terms of, um, I don't know if you heard, there's a gentleman in Florida, and he, ha- he organizes these rallies uh, with Trump, and he... The other day he had one, and he always posts his videos up right away, and he's hilarious, Seth. I just wish I had his name with me so you could look at the videos. Well, uh, he had more protesters outside at the Biden rally, than, and it was Obama who was speaking on behalf of Biden. Of course, they have to carry the baby in order to speak <laughs> for him. So he, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's the truth. I saw the other day, hold that thought, I saw that the, what the media is doing with Biden is, is like let, letting a three-year-old win the game Candyland. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. It. Uh, okay, go ahead. Very, they're going to knock him down real fast. Go ahead. Well, what happened was I was talking with the account I usually talk debate with, and um, I gave him a thumbs up, and I subscribed. And I said, oh, man, you know, I wish I was there because – he was really, I mean, he was letting Obama have it. And he counted 63 cars that, that left. Um, and I'm sorry, give me a second. I have to honk for a Trump flag right there, fellow Trump flagger. We um, support so that. he basically, oh, yeah, I got my Trump flag flying. <laughs> I didn't know it. Uh, so he basically, about not even close six hours later, my account, I've never had issues with it, nothing. They censor it. Yeah. They, they yeah, we've had email, our issues. Yeah, we've me, had our issues with it too. We've had our issues with YouTube me, as well. Oh well, you're you're uh, you're you've been uh, you're a bully. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, I I'm know. a bully. Okay, I'll take it. Of course, it's Trump so, who's engaging whatever. in a war against the media, right? Exactly, and all that Trump, I don't care, sir. And the second thing, just so you know, um, uh, America is gonna bleed red. Come November third, we are patriotic. So. We yeah. vote on November third, and we are going to bleed red. I there are so true. many people out there, and uh, I'm not kidding you with you, Seth. I mean, oh, you know, it's going to—it's ready for explosion time. I, and I, um, go ahead, sir. No, I was just going to say I heartily agree. I—I I, I am almost running out of words to say it, but I have to ask you, Sandy, um, where what where are you from originally? Originally, I'm yeah. a, a Christian from the Middle East. I'm oh, okay. from Chicago. I was born there. <laughs> oh, okay. But there was just I'm, a sli- uh, there was just fine. the slightest little um, uh, tone in, or lilt in your voice that was just it was totally endearing, and I and I I couldn't place it. Uh, so the Middle East oh, via Chicago, yeah. fair enough. No, no, fair I. Enough. That's it. See, I was I spoke I speak five languages, so 
I remember you now. I re- okay, now yeah. I remember you. Yeah, you betcha. You betcha. Yes. Uh, but I just have to make sure you know that the Assyrian indigenous people who Trump has been speaking on behalf of, and I love him for this, because no other president has been so involved in the Christians, whether they're from Iraq, whether from their, their Lebanon, he's involved in the protection of their welfare. And I just want to say thank you. to I called the White House to thank him today and left my husband and my name. And we love him. The Christians from the Middle East love him. Um, and a lot of people who are Muslim love him. And, and, and people, you know, the media doesn't let you know these things. That, no, they um, don't. But they're, they, they, you know, they to- they're yeah. totally silent on the Middle East peace deals. And yeah. I remember what's so, what's so interesting about this, Sandy, is Throughout the '90s, uh, mid to late '90s, and early part of the and early part of the mid 2000s, there was a lot of effort. A lot of organizations were trying to um, promote the issue of um, yes, Christian yes. rights in the Middle East, trying to promote the cause oh, yeah. of Christian oppression, if you will, um, mm-hmm. and yes, highlight sir. it. And this is um, this was going on. Interestingly, at the same time. There was an ex- uh, a series of explosive intifadas against uh, the Jewish people in Israel. It, it, it was it, it was an interesting time. If you were Christian in the Middle East yes. or Jewish in the Middle East, it was a hard time. And U.S. You know, policy mom, wasn't uh, able to do very much about it. It has now, no. and the media could care less. Yeah, the media could care. Well, that less. was because Clinton was in office, and Clinton, and as Dinesh D'Souza is pointed at, out so well. He said, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton are like, what do you call it? The characters from the uh, Huckleberry Finn book novel, if you've read it, uh, The Dauphine, and I think it was, I forgot the Dauphin. I don't remember the novel's name, but he said they are two crooks who work together. And uh, he pretty much, if you're, you know, there were one million Iraqi children who were sanctioned and died for no reason, and that I've always been objective about. But, you know, long story short, I just want the president to know that, and I left this message out for him, and I hope he hears this, um, the Assyrian community who speak Aramaic, the language of Christ, um, what do you call it, are fasting for him, and all the community says is fasting for our president. Yeah, so no, thank you. Of course, lot. of course. I, I know it. It's so big. It's such a big effort. It's such a big movement. It is so inspiring. And look, um, there are a few people that get it. There are a few. Um, interestingly enough, the Zogby's, uh, the Zogby polling firm is getting it. We've talked about other polling firms, Trafalgar. There's an interesting piece of audio. I don't know if we have to t- Yeah, we'll play it in the next segment. Michael Moore gets it. He doesn't support Trump, obviously. He's not on our side, obviously. But he was right last time, and I think he's right again this time. Stay tuned for that. And we got a bunch of other callers and more room for even more callers on this fun and optimistic Friday. 602-508-0960. Give us a buzz. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. We should also do a, I love songs about guys going back to see their girls in another town or coming home from a trip to go see their girls like that. I love that sort of thing. There's a, we have a few of them. Uh, we have, do we still have Miami, my Amy? I don't know if we, we used to, 
yeah, we haven't played that one in a while. And, of course, uh, there's that uh, Rock Me Mama, right? Like a wagon train. There's that one. Uh, there's a bunch of them, uh, the, the more I think about it. In fact, um, uh, what, what, what's the one we have, like, three or four versions of, Bill, um, that Linda Ronstadt does, Little Feet, Willen, Willen is that song. Anyway, it's 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 a fun theme in, in great uh, classic rock and country songs. Tim is in Phoenix. Hi, Tim. Hey, Seth. I just have a question. Uh, I'm actually going to vote. Um, is there a reason I the pres the president can't just sit down and have a fireside chat like Saturday night at eight o'clock and say, "Here's what's happening," and you're not hearing about it because of uh, what's going on with the, ma- the mainstream media? I'm sure to cause all kinds of consternation, and there'd be statutes cited about equal time. And even if it was a, even if it was a political head fake to get them to uh, alibi for for Biden uh, in in lieu of a, a, an hour, you know, it would be worthwhile to just see some security. I don't Thanks, know. Tim. I wonder about that. Um myself because I someone else had called in about this a couple of weeks ago, and I said I don't know of a lot of Big examples of that having been done. I remember, obviously, Ronald Reagan doing that, just that, for Barry Goldwater in 64. That was his time for choosing speech. They bought uh, they bought that airtime. I think it was on NBC, if I'm not mistaken. And I remember Dukakis doing it in, uh, would that have been 80, uh, when would the Dukakis, 88, thank you, Bill, 1988, and uh, talking to America with his red sweater on or something like that. But I don't, I don't know. We may have a disagreement, Tim, as to whether that's a valuable use of his time and resources, because um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know that there's an audience at NBC or if you want CBS or ABC. I, I just, I just don't know that that reaches an audience that um, that is either big enough or interested enough in what he has to say. Now, maybe just by dint of him doing it, it will get that audience. I suppose that's possible. But I'd almost rather he spend his time, to be honest with you, in uh, swing states right now. And, you know, if if he can spend an hour, I don't know, in Michigan, let's say, or somewhere like that, I'd almost rather that. I'd almost rather that, but we may have you may have a better point, and I'm willing and open to it. I don't think it's happening, but it's an interesting thought nonetheless. We have a lot more room for a lot more callers. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. <laughs> 